Hello everybody and once again welcome home to me, to my home office and to our podcast, leadership podcast. And uh, last time we were together, uh, I spoke about how important it is for a leader uh, who cares for others, lead others, uh, also that uh, he or she is also able to think that it's important that I care for myself. Uh, because uh, if there is the right balance in my life, then I can also be able to care for others. I said like this, well, you, you love others, but can you love yourself? You forgive others, can you forgive yourself? You bear with others and their weaknesses, but can you bear with things in your own life also? And, uh, and a lot of things like this. So, uh, and last time I spoke about uh, being the, the beloved, how important it is. If we're going to love other people, we have to also be the beloved ourselves in the... Uh, in the eyes of the Lord, in the eyes of God. Uh, we said uh, <coughs> that John, he writes about in first letter, uh, in the fourth chapter, that uh, he says that we have known and believed the love that God has for us and uh, abide in that love. That this is also something that we need to work in our life because there are so many, so many impressions that would try to make me think about myself as rejected and worthless and these things that we preach to other people but they need to be established in our own lives also and um, these are battles that we fight and battles that we can win as leaders and I want to continue today and um, and continue to to speak about this matter but from a little long different angle uh, angle just as we need to be secure and confident in the fact that God loves us. Uh, we also need to be confident about the calling and about the position that he has given me right now where uh, he wants me to serve him. And we're going to look very briefly on three different situations in the Bible. And, um, uh, and let us first look uh, in Luke, the fifth chapter, about how it should not be. This should not be your story. This should not be the story of your life or or uh, about the people around you with whom you serve the Lord. Uh, it's kind of the first e encounter between Christ and Peter according to the Gospel of Luke. And uh, Jesus, he does this wonderful miracle with fish. Uh, and it says uh, in uh, chapter 5 and in verse 8, it writes about Peter's response when he sees this. And he says, when Peter Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Oh Lord. Okay, so Peter, he says two things. First, he, uh, he says that I'm a sinful man. And that's the truth. He was a sinful man. He needed the forgiveness. He needed the Jesus. He needed the Messiah. And all this was kind of true. Yeah, and in one way, that's a step toward, towards God for Peter in that situation. He was, I'm a sinful man. I really, really need, I need grace. I need, I need you, Jesus. But then he says another thing also, depart from me. And that's something else. That's not, I'm a sinful man, I need help. Depart from me. That's rejection. That's paralyzing, a paralyzing state where he says, Jesus, you don't need me. And that, my friend, that's wrong. That was wrong of Peter. He was truth about being a sinful man, but he was not truth about saying that, uh, that depart from me, I'm not an interesting person for you. And that is something that Jesus needed to heal in his life. And uh, more or less, you know, this is also what can influence any believer, it can influence any, any leader also. Uh, and uh, and uh, when Jesus, Jesus had to deal with this in the life of people, and uh, his answer to him, he says, 
don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And what Jesus transferred to Peter in that moment, in that moment, is what he wants to transfer to any person. And that's that you're not right. I don't want to depart from you. I need you. I want you to be close to me. I want you to follow me. I want you to learn from me. And I want to use you in my kingdom. In other words, Peter, your emotions about yourself, they do not correspond with reality. I don't think like this about you. Uh, you're a wonderful person to me. And this is sometimes what needs to be corrected in our lives because we can feel the same even being a pastor being a senior pastor you can still even if you don't say it depart from me lord you can kind of feel that oh lord maybe take someone else maybe there are a lot of other people bet better than me and jesus needed to transform peter so he became like kind of the prophet uh, elijah uh, in uh, elijah chapter 6 when he says to the lord here i am send me and that's the position where the Lord needs to bring everyone also. In a general basis when you stand before the calling, but also in an everyday matter. Here I am, Lord. Send me. I'm ready. I'm your man. I'm your, I'm your woman. Uh, uh, I am a person that you want to use in the world today. That kind of confidence is important for every believer. Okay, so that's the first situation. Let's look at the other situation. And... Um, and uh, something that was wrong, but also something that was corrected by the Lord. When we talk about these kind of things, it's kind of difficult to escape Gideon because he's such a clear example. And I'm sure uh, you have maybe preached about this many times, you've heard about it many times, but, uh, but just stay with me a little while and uh, let's look at what happened with Gideon. In uh, Judges, the sixth chapter, when the Lord comes to him to call him to deliver Israel from the yoke of the Midianites, uh, the angel of the Lord speaks to him in the 12th verse. He says like this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about? And the angel continues in verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And again, it's obvious that the way that Gideon thinks about himself does not correspond with the way that the Lord thinks about him. And maybe that's the truth, at least partly, with, with you also. Because he, Gideon says, Where are all the miracles? Well, the angel didn't at all spoke about that. That, that's not the matter at all. Uh, he speaks to him uh, about his calling. And Gideon, he says, my clan is the weakest and I'm the smallest. Well, I think, was this really true? Maybe it was true, but I kind of doubt it's true. I think this was just in his head that, that he was thinking, I'm the smallest Gideon. I kind of think he was a nice guy and uh, maybe kind of average, but, but not the smallest in the whole nation. I think this is more kind of ghosts in his own mind. And we can have those kind of ghosts, my friend, in, in bigger or smaller sizes when, when we think about uh, in ourselves. Because why is this important? Well, it's important because to be a leader, you have to take your calling. 
You have to know that God has called me. And you have to be confident also. He has set me to do this. Only then in front of people can you be the kind of leader that God wants you to be. And, uh, and uh, when we read the story, I don't have the time now to, to read everything that happened with Gideon. I believe most of you will be fam familiar with the story. Uh, that uh, he keeps on seeking again and again confirmation from the Lord that God really wants to use him. In verse 36 in the same chapter, it says, Gideon said to the Lord, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the treasuring floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and, if, uh, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know what you will save is, that you will save Israel by my hand. And God does this miracle for, it, for him. But it's not enough. And then he says, oh Lord, I need to test you again. And now this opposite, uh, uh, if the uh, fleece is uh, dry and, um, and the ground is wet, uh, then, then I will trust you. So, so there are things here. It can't be like this. A leader can't be like this. Oh, God, am I a pastor or not a pastor? And you stand in front of the people and say, oh, yes, uh, I believe may maybe, maybe the Lord has spoken to me about it. I'm not sure. But this kind of attitude I can see sometimes in leaders and, and, and in pastors. Uh, like a general uh, in front of an army. Okay, it's time to attack or maybe it's not time to attack. Uh, soldiers, what do you think? Should we attack or not? Every soldier would be scared to death in front of a general like that. that. And um, uh, and uh, if you continue with the story of, of Gideon, so the Lord, he has to deal with this and the story goes on and, and finally in the seventh chapter uh, it says that uh, the Lord sp spoke to him. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Rise, go down against uh, uh, the camp, for I've delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. Because the Lord s saw that still after these miracles of confirmation, Gideon is not ready. So the Lord sends him down one more time, and he hears the soldiers telling a dream they had about Gideon. And finally... Finally, something happens and finally Gideon understands, yes, God has really called me to this battle. He's, he has called me to deliver the people of Israel from the yoke of the Vidyanites. And only now is he ready to hear what the Lord says, to obey him and to lead the, to lead the people. It says in the chapter 7 and in verse 15 uh, that Gideon, he says, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of the Midian into your hand. And when we read this Bible, we feel this is the words of, uh, these are the words of a confident leader. Arise, the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hands. And I'm sure when, when the people heard this, they, they felt, yeah, this is the day of victory. We'll go with you, Gideon. We'll go with you. This is uh, what God wants us to do. And he will be with us. And he will give us the victory. And uh, it all came back also to the confidence that needed to be in Gideon's life to lead the army of Israel this day. And, and my friend, uh, of course, this is a big example. This is about a big battle. And maybe this doesn't correspond with what you are doing today f uh, for the Lord, but the spiritual truth corresponds. Uh, uh, if you are a home group leader, maybe you're not leading a big army against the Midianites, but the people in your home group, they need to think about you as someone that has taken the leadership, 
and you believe that God, at least for this moment, he has called you to be a leader and you lead the group with confidence. We meet next Tuesday, ding, 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 and we're going to believe God for growth in our home group. We're going to stand together. We're going to care for others in this group. And we're going to see the glory of God manifest when we are together. You need to be a leader if God has called you to be a leader. And you need to trust, well, if God has set me, to, um, to lead this group, then he will be with me also. And as long as I lead this group, I'm going to lead it with confidence and I'm going to believe also that God's glory and God's power and God's wisdom and God's joy is going to be, uh, to be uh, with us. And um, because when, when people feel that, they also they want to join. They want to serve. When the soldiers, when they heard Gideon speak like this, they felt, yeah, I want to be a part of this, this battle. I want to be a part of this army. And uh, pride, is, pride is terrible. Pride is from the devil when a pastor you know, kind of puffs himself, uh, puffs himself up and thinks that he is something very special and he speaks with a cocky attitude. That has nothing to do with the Lord. But this simple confidence that, okay, if the Lord has placed me here, I'm taking this position. This is the key also to spiritual unity and to spiritual confidence among all the people in the church or uh, in the group that you are leading. And um, so let me then show you a really good example. And uh, we're going to end with this from John, the first chapter about uh, John the Baptist. And um, it says about him in, from verse 19. Just listen. Uh, now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and didn't deny but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And uh, if you think about John, okay, uh, he is something and he is not something. He is not everything. He is something. He is a leader somewhere in the kingdom of God. And the wonderful thing about it is that he knows where he is right now. He knows what he is not and he knows what he is and he is confident about it. And when he is pressed by the people and if he use it in spiritual terms, maybe let's say pressed by, by the devil. He, he is so secure in what he is right now. And I believe that's what God wants every one of us to be also. This kind of freedom, first of all, about what you are not. When I was finished Bible school in, um, in Uppsala, in uh, 1989, the church in Norway where I came from called me to be a youth pastor. And when I started as youth pastor, things started to, to happen around us and people started to get saved. And there was kind of a little, you know, attention around that. And, uh, and I remember that time also people came to me because there was a lot of, you know, conferences going on. And we met with different people, came and said, Matsula, you're not a youth pastor. You are a prophet. And I remember, okay, God, checking the wind, am I a prophet? And the Lord said, no, Matsula, you're not a prophet. You're a youth pastor. Okay. And um, other people said to me, Matsula, you are an apostle. And I need to check again, God, am I an apostle? And the Lord has told me, no, Matsula, you are a youth pastor. So, okay, I'm a youth pastor and that's fine. I don't need to be a prophet. 
I don't need to be apostle. It's not about that. Serving the Lord is not a career aiming for the greatest position. Serving the Lord is standing on your knees, saying, God, here I am, send me. Do whatever you want with my life. And I can be this today and I can be something else tomorrow and something something else again the day after, t- after tomorrow. Uh, but let me just be confident and be free what you called me to do today. And, and I remember so well when I kind of just uh, said, okay, well, thank you for, for encouragement. But in my fellowship with the Lord, I said, God, I know you made me to be a youth pastor and I am so happy and satisfied with that. Such a freedom came to me and such a confidence. But I am a youth pastor. God has called me to be a youth pastor in this church. And that is something that I take. And I will stand in this position like Gideon. And I will fight the Midianites. And I will preach to the youth. And I will, I will engage them in ministry. I will encourage them to take responsibility. I will do camps and retreats with them. And, and I will see them grow. And we're going to see revival in this youth ministry. Because I am the youth pastor here right now. And God can take me out of this position whenever he wants. It's all up to him. He can uh, give me great responsibility or he can take me out of responsibility and give me less responsibility if that's what he wants. But where I am today, that's where I am. And I'm very happy to be there. John said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make the way straight for the Lord. And if the Lord can bring us to this, this point, you may be a senior pastor, you may be a bishop, you may be a home group leader, you may be a youth leader, or, or uh, I, I don't know. But if you can just be confident in that what you are and, and be happy and strong in that, it will release a lot of wonderful things over your life. And I, I guarantee you, the people will see that. And they also, like in the days of Gideon, when they see your confidence, not your cockiness, not that you're better than others, not thinking, you know, that, that you're there to dominate others, but just confident in the calling of God, they will also feel confident in serving the Lord together with you. Because uh, the important thing is to know, well, where does this confidence come from? Well, it comes from the fact that God calls whomever he wants. When Paul tried to explain to the Galatians why he was appointed to an apostle, well, what should he say? Because he was so talented, because he was so good. What had Paul done? He had only done bad things, only bad things. He persecuted the church, and he says other places, actually, he was present when he pressed people to deny Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And maybe these people were lost because of that. Well, we, we, we don't know. But poor, he had done absolutely horrible things. How can he be confident in being the apostle to the Gentiles? Well, the only answer he could say, Galatians 1.15, he said, he called me through his grace. Because the truth is, you will never know the reason why God called you. Because there is no other reason than his grace. If you try to think, well, he called me to be a youth pastor because of, uh, you will end up with something wrong. If you try to find the reason in yourself, because uh, I was so good in Sunday school, because I got so good grade, grades in school, no. The only reason he calls you is because of his grace. And that is why all glory will be to him. 
now and forever. And that, 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 that is why uh, when we come to heaven, we will take whatever crown we have and we will throw it at his feet. And we will say, all things are of you, by you, and to you. And, and that's also where we find the confidence. I don't need to prove to others that I am worthy. I don't need to prove to myself that I'm worthy. I just need to stand in the grace of being called by God and being obedient to that calling. That's the key to find this confidence, that, that, that confidence that we are talking about today. And, um, and because the truth is you can never be the one that God has called you to be until you really say, yes, okay, God, this is your grace, but I take it, I accept it, and I say, yes, I will be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I will be leader of this home group. I'll be pastor in this church. And uh, then you can also grow up to be that kind of vessel that God wants you to be. And you can change the world by doing what God has called you to do, by using the talents that he has given you, by being the kind of person, the kind of leader that the world, that the church you're serving needs right now. Let's just pray together. Father, I pray for those that has, have been with us today and you see the struggles that we have sometimes about our callings and confidence. And I just pray, Father, that you will touch and that you will deliver. And just like John the Baptist said, we can find, Father, peace in doing what you called us to do today not thinking too much or too little, but just think according to your wonderful calling, according to what you have said, and then stand in that position and serve you with great joy. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So God bless you wherever you are, whatever you are doing. Uh, if you have any comments to this, please write to us. If you want to put like, you can do that. If you want to share this with other people, just feel free to do that also. I wish you wonderful time, wonderful weeks ahead, whatever you're doing for the